Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man that once subdued an army of guard llamas with a bushel of carrots. Dave Burles Berlin. Hmm. I don't even have a story because I was like, did I just stab them with the carrots or did I they love carrots, them? Dude. They love carrots. And, yeah. They just want to eat them. But did I carrot them? Nope. To, did I no, carrot no, them no. To they death? just, they, they were so just many? chewing them because we all know Distracted. it takes a while to chew and a carrot, it past you know, them. and then you just, you just kept right. going through them. Yeah. Even with those chompers that llamas have, goodness gracious. But we all know that's obviously a false statement. So true. I mean... If yeah, you were able to subdue an army of guard llamas, you you could be like emperor of the world. That's a fact. So, the world's most interesting yes, man. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because it has been well established on this show that llamas are the greatest defense system known to man. So, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, mm-hmm. And when the show gets out of control popular, by the way, when we have people storming the studio... Nope. We're going to purchase a guard yeah. llama. We need and have him outside. Totally. He's just gonna with our first the, the, the whatever first amount of money we make from guard llamas is just going to the account until yeah. we can afford yeah. one. And and his name's gonna be Three. Phil. Phil the guard llama. Yes, and it's gonna be him. And he's just gonna and I'm gonna put a hat on him every now and then. Word. He's gonna have a hat because I I feel different fiesta yeah, exa- hats like different for, yeah, themes. Yeah, Thanksgiving hat. He's gonna have a little pilgrim hat. And then for Christmas, he's got to have a little oh, Santa hat. Or a little turkey yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's Phil. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's Phil, our guard llama. Oh, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to it's meet gonna Phil. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Look out for it, folks. People will come and actually take pictures with Phil because we'll train him, you know, when he's actually on duty. That's a fact. He'll know. Like, so. Yes. so he'll be like one of the uh, red hats in exactly. front of the. Uh, he, he'll, the he'll, uh, just, he'll just be <laughs> chewing. He'll just be chewing away on some straw while people take pictures. And he won't react to him. He'll just just be stone face, stone face Phil. That's what we call him on the street. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. Dave, um, along with being a supporter and and student of guard llamas, I'm also a student of of human behavior. So I true. Think, you know. Uh, yes. Human behavior, both my own and other people's. Now. One thing I've often thrown around ideas about is one is is how one mm-hmm. drives, mm. how a person drives, and not not on the road mm. because that's irritating, and we could go all day on that. But how uh, okay. they hold the steering wheel, word, you know? Oh, well, okay, I yeah. Like it. And I was yeah. very excited because I came across an article that actually investigated this behavior. Mm-hmm. Say what? Yeah. And so I want I want to talk about it a little bit. But first, what would you say your most standard wheel position is, Dave? Where do you put your hands? Hmm. Um. Man. So I. I'm a lot of under one mm-hmm. on top, one on the bottom. Like one. Oh. My left arm is hanging on you know where the windshield is. My left elbow. Right. So uh, that okay. hand is kind of at like you know ten o'clock. It's like a lackadaisy hand. It's not really doing much. It's just there, ready if something goes down. Yeah, it's kind of there for for guidance if needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my right hand is at like five o'clock. 
Mm, I see. So your left hand actually like basically does the same thing like when you're shooting a basketball. It's just there Correct. for like guidance. Correct. Yeah, Got to make it. sure it doesn't uh, you know, the uh dis- the dispersion isn't too crazy. Yeah. I like it. I like that's a, that's a good that's a good position. I would say I'm mainly just a, a four o'clock with my right or an eight o'clock with my my left. That's right. That's pretty yeah. much it. That's so you're not it. using any of the uh, external resting spaces. You're just kind of nah. you got them nah. kind of tucked in. Well, sometimes sometimes my right, I'll put my right on the uh, on the uh, the glove box. You know. Yeah. So sometimes then I'll do that. Little, yeah, because you said you were at four, so I was at like five. So you're. Yeah, your elbow will be a little up wider. A bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, so, mm-hmm. and and sometimes I'll put my left if I'm using my left. I'll just rest my left on my left leg. You know. Yeah. That's sometimes. Yeah. So um, do, would you say that means that we're both relaxed drivers? We feel well, confident so, in our driving. Mm, there you go. Yes, I would say that, and that's what. Luckily, uh, we had a psychotherapist from uh, mm. the United Kingdom in this article. Uh, she analyzed people's hand positions. Uh, Lohani yeah. Noor. So uh, she she did nine. I want to go through eight because one of them was just ridiculous. We don't even need to go over that one. It made okay. no sense. And I was like, nobody drives like that. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the first one, first hand position, the classic, 10 and 2. Yeah. Uh, she labeled this, and I, I agree, as the perfectionist. Yeah. And uh, this was a person that has great attention to detail. And she said most likely the motto of this person would be something like, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Mm. You know? Mm. And mm. Dave, I imagine this is the type of person that would come over to my house and ask me why I have spaghetti sauce in my refrigerator that's two years old. Girl, come on! You know? <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of person this is. And I'd be like, hey, lay off me. I like my spaghetti sauce. Okay? The sauce lasts forever. And just just let it stay. I don't care if it's black. Let it stay there, all right? It's fine. Nope. Anyways, we all know I'm not a perfectionist. We've heard the show. We know. Yeah, um, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Next, both hands. And this is a little bit like you, but not not actually you. They, don't, they didn't mention, because yours didn't get enough, I guess, you know, like uh, semi two hands. Anyways, what? this mm-hmm. is four and eight. So this is four yeah. and eight with a neutral grip. Mm. So uh, thumbs sort of on the inside, but not fully gripping. Maybe like sort of on the uh, on the top of the wheel, you know? Yeah. She calls this the boss, which this I was mm. like, eh, maybe, you know? And she says this this shows a person has leadership qualities and that they are decisive. Word. Yeah, and and like I do feel like this pro- a person probably would give me stock recommendations that I should invest in. Mm. You know, like I feel <laughs> like if I was in a person's car like that, they'd be like, "Hey, so anyways, yeah, Google went see, down yeah, a little NAS- bit. Yeah, <laughs> you, you should you should hit that right now." And I'm like, "Eh, I'm all right." Ne- next next one, wheel. next one we've got seven and five, uh, so a little bit wider. Uh, or I mean, a little bit closer. A bit sorry, mm-hmm. with a uh, with a supinated grip here. So completely thumbs under yep. with the rest. Palm up. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, this is known as the supporter, which I can see that. Um, apparently, this would be someone who's excellent listener and very helpful to their friends. And I, I could see, you know, a person like this <laughs> volunteering me, uh, volunteering to help me move and something like that. You know. 
I can see Dude, that. Dude, I think of, when I think of five and seven, I think of like a high school girl with her like legs crossed in the seat, mm. and mm. she's like g- gossiping or jamming out to some like thing, and she's like barely holding on to the wheel, but she just like that has could, her that, hands in her lap. Yeah, that concerns me a little bit. That concerns yeah. me. Um, the next Do you get one that vibe too. Do you, does that make ah! sense? I see what you're saying. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Luckily, I've never seen or that maybe actually her hands in are per- action. Maybe that, maybe that girl would be pronated because she'd be like perked up in the seat. Yeah, type of yeah, thing. I could see that. Yes, okay. I see that okay. more. Uh, okay. Anyways, the next one: right hand, one o'clock. Just one hand, one o'clock. Right hand, one she, o'clock. Yeah, okay, that's the cool she, guy. It, it nailed it. She labeled yeah. this the cool dude. Um, no way. Oh, that's y- awesome. <laughs> you're putting out the vibe that you're relaxed and cool, but this is the thing. Things still get to you. You're putting that vibe out, right? Uh-huh. And I definitely, I could definitely see this as the person, you know, with this driving style that they only listen to the newest Drake songs in their car. Oh, yeah. And that's it. Oh, yeah. That's all they listen to because it's the coolest. You don't even know. Word. Uh, the next one's just weird. One hand in the middle of the wheel. What? Wait, what? what? Yeah, weird. She calls this the adventurer. At like six o'clock. Oh wait, you mean like where the horn is? Yeah, yeah. Just like oh, one hand, no. just like palming the the steering it's wheel. An adventure. Which way is our car gonna go? Yo, well, that's what she said. It's a person that's a risk taker, and I was like, yeah, I could definitely see this person driving style, like accidentally driving into a lake, and that sounds about right. So true. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, the next one, both hands on the inside of the wheel. So, like, not mm. like like the outside of the horn area, you know, which yeah, is yeah, still the, the weird. attachment piece to the circle. Yeah, she calls this the diplomat. Hmm. Um, and I got to feel, I she, she, yeah. I feel like she's reaching on that one. Like, I, I just call this one a person that doesn't know how to drive. That's, I don't, person I don't know. that's constantly messing with, like, the cruise control or the radio or something. Because that's yeah. where all, like, the little buttons are these days. Exactly. They're, exactly. like, indecisive. Yes! Now, the next one, you can really group, I feel like, she says on nine and three with a very tight grip. But I really say anywhere, as long as there's two hands between those two times, and it's a tight grip, we're going to call this yeah. one the nervous one. That's the nervous one. I was going to say nervous nilly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, I, I can definitely see this person as the person you're leaving for a trip, and they're the one that asks mm-hmm. you like 15 times if you know how to get there. Are you sure? Do you know? Yes, I know. Do I take this? This the second right, right here. Yes. Shut. We have a phone with a map on it. Shut up and drive. You know that person. Uh, yeah. Lastly, Dave, this is me. One hand, either four o'clock, mm-hmm. eight o'clock. She calls yep. this yep. the minimalist. Mm. Which mm. I gotta say, it's a little bit my mantra. You know, like, hey, yeah. relax. We'll get there. All right. You're yeah. <laughs> riding in my car. We'll go by my rules. In the words of there Jackie Moon, E L E, everybody love everybody. Yes! Stop worrying and let me drive. You know, that's what we're going to do, right? That's it. I haven't heard a Jackie Moon quote in a while. Woo! Nice grab there. Love it, man. Love it. Dave, now that we've got all of our attitudes analyzed, thanks to our driving styles, are you ready to fire up the show? Hmm. Dude, I really enjoyed that, but let's yes. fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, 
Zero and lift off. Yes. Yes. Dave, I'm super excited. We've got a fantastic show. That's right. We have half of the band Dead Poet Society, Jack and Will. Ooh. It's going to be good. We're going to talk about how they started in Boston. Now they're in California. Just super humble, super talented guys. Going to talk to them. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. But first, love it. Need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Yep. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Very confident on this one. 99%. Say what? Okay, Ooh. here we go. Born and, and by the way, I I've, I brought him up probably not as much as Mac Attack, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm right as, up there. I'm I'm as enamored by this fella as I am Mac Attack. So, Owen Wilson. No. What? No. Not Owen. No. Uh, born on November 11th, 1974 in Los Angeles, California. Our birthday suit wearer was interested in acting from a young age. So much, in fact, that he dropped out of high school to focus purely on acting. When he was a teenager, he started appearing in many commercials. Finally got a big break when he was selected to play Gary Buckman in Parenthood in 1990. He then had several roles in TV and uh, film like uh, Growing mm-hmm. Pains and Roseanne. Mm. In 1993, he co-starred with Johnny Depp in the movie called What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He then played mm-hmm. in Romeo and Juliet in 1996. And then in 1997, played in probably, well, uh, by money standards, definitely his biggest role ever. He played Jack mm-hmm. In the movie Titanic, which eventually went Leonardo on. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio is oh, correct. Yes. Yeah, Owen Wilson or Leonardo would have been. Yep, that would have been another good guess. Yes. Yep. Then in 2002, you do love you some Leo. You know it. You know it. 2002, <laughs> he played in Catch Me If You Can with Tom Hanks, which ended up selling 351 million worldwide. He also starred in Gangs of New York in 2002. Then in 2006, he starred in The Departed and Blood Diamond. That's where I really got on the Leo train. By the way, was Departed and Blood Diamond. Those two won yeah. me over, and I was like, "This dude can act." So true. This guy is good. I like both of these movies a lot. And then I was on the train from then on. Um, Right. (laughs) Then 2010, he starred in Shutter Island and Inception. 2012, he starred in Django Unchained. 2013, he starred in The Great Gatsby and The Wolf of Wall Street. 2015, he played in The Revenant. And in addition to his acting... He's been dedicated to the environment since 1998. So true. He has his own nonprofit organization for the environment. He sat on the board of the World Wildlife Fund, Global Green USA, and the International Fund for Animal Welfare. He donated $1 million at the Russia's Tiger Summit to save tigers after having to go through many plane delays and rescheduling to get there, which caused Vladimir Putin to call him, quote, a real man. Yeah. Oh. Word. In 2013, at one of his organized events for his foundation, he raised $40 million for the environment in one day, which is still the Damn. highest grossing environmental charity ever. In 2014, he became the UN representative on climate change. Jeez. And in 2020, mm-hmm. he donated $3 million to the Australian bush, uh, brush fire relief. There you go. Wow. There you go. What a freaking 
Uh, man, Go-getter. what a great guy. That's right. A model magnet and an environmental hero. Boom. Boom. Love him. Happy birthday, Leo. Yes. Go save the world some more. And Leo, invite me to one of your parties, please. Please. Yes, that I too. have no business being there, but nope. please do it. It would be fantastic. It would make my life. Anywho, turn in the big 4-6 for Leo. Wow, 4-6. He doesn't seem that old. Man. He's got a bit of a baby no. face. You know, that's true. I was thinking of it. I mean, a lot of his roles don't play him this way, but outside of film, like in real life, he reminds mm-hmm. me a little bit of Jack Nicholson, like a more serious oh, yeah. Jack Nicholson. Like totally, Jack's a more Joker guy. Like he t- took on that persona, but uh, 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 Leo's like that. He's just a little bit more serious. I mean. Mm-hmm. He he took Zach Efron out on a mandate. Wait, what? Come on, <laughs> come on! How can, Im- not, how can you not? It's impressive. Gosh, Lenny D turning the big four six. <laughs> Anyways, all right, are you ready? Let's rip some headlines. Let's rip it, Doc. It's now time for rip from the headlines. Oh man. Some good ones. Some good ones today. Uh, Dave, you and I have pretty simple names. Not mm-hmm. extravagant, you know? Nope. Sometimes nope. unique names are pretty cool. And say, I, I can be a little jealous, you know? I mean, last Sometimes. year. Last year on this very show, at about the same time this year, uh, we had Blaze Bayhan from uh, Miss You. Mm. And I was very. We, we said how awesome his name yes, was. Yes. Yeah. I was very jealous of Blaze. Yeah. Um, I am not jealous of this lady's name in the next story. So, Corona Newton oh! is a Corona for- Newton. Not a not a good time to be named Corona. Not not at all. She's a forty nine year old civil certain a uh, civil servant in Manchester, England. She said, growing mm-hmm. up, it was always a joke. People would call her Guinness. Or Budweiser, which side note, Dave? Uh, that's kind of funny. Well, which I gotta say, like, come on though, get a little bit more creative. Guinness or Budweiser? How about Cerveza? Newcastle. How about Cerveza? Uh, Cerveza. Or or, yes. or or since uh, since it's Corona and you traditionally uh, uh, top it off with a lime. lime, how about a true limey? Since she's English, she's a limey. Come on. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Budweiser, Guinness, grow up, five-year-olds. Anyways, uh, she said that over the last couple of lockdowns that England's had, it's gotten gotten a little bit more serious. It's gotten worse. Yeah. She she said people have said, quote, as if I'm going to listen to somebody named after a virus. Wait, what? Mm. Which I really hope that person was joking. Like, is a person that stupid? the time frame's a little off there. Like... I really hope they're not that stupid and they were making a joke, but, you know, who knows. Uh, Doubtful. How did she get her name? She said her parents were between the names Sarah and Catherine and couldn't decide. What? So they went with Corona, which I'm going to say that's not really the middle of those two names. (laughs) No. I I would have to say, how about Kara? Hmm. That's sort of in the middle of those two. I mean, even... Yeah, Kathy and Sarah, Kara. Yes. Even catheter would be closer than Corona. Come on. Catheter, oh my God. This is my kid, catheter. (laughs) 
And then watch out. They'll sneak in you before you even know it. Ew. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh Might feel a bit of a sting. Girl, come on. Anyways, uh, she's hoping it'll be better soon. And, and uh, I'm hoping as well, Dave. I'm hoping it'll get better. Uh, I, I doubt it. Maybe maybe she it's can gonna get, stick with her for the rest of her life. Maybe she can start a support group with Ebola Walters and Dysentery Jones. Maybe, <laughs> hopefully, those two can help her out. Uh, Dave, as we just heard in the last story, there are times that being a civil servant eh, can be tough, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, even when it's not because your name's Corona, it can be tough. But... Every now and then, you get some sweet perks. Now, one of those sweet perks is that some restaurants give civil servants free food, especially right. cops or firefighters, which is pretty sweet. Sweet. Um, Chick-fil-A gives cops free food. Now, Really? Yeah. Sweet. This story's about Kim Ragsdale in Dallas, Georgia. She went into Chick-fil-A and said she wanted free food. And when the employees mm-hmm. asked her why, she said, I'm an FBI agent. Wait, what? Now, uh, the employees didn't seem too convinced by this. Nope. And uh, when the employees were like, uh, sorry, we're not giving you free food. Word. She said, I will arrest you now. Now, unfortunately for Kim, uh, the employees called the real police and they showed up around this time and arrested her. Uh, right so she wasn't an FBI agent? Not at all. Now, oh, man. Right that after me. Right after that, the police chief said, uh, officers would never demand free food. If it's given, we appreciate it. If it's discounted, we appreciate it. We will not ask or make threats and demand it. Which, I mean, can you, like, really, though, honestly... In any situation, could you imagine an FBI agent demanding food? Like, how awesome. Pretty like, bad. Pretty like, bad. I mean, like an FBI, like especially if like they're undercover and they're like in line and they're like, hey, hey, I'm on a big sting mission. The dude's behind me. I'm buying drugs from him, so keep it down. What? But despite that, I'm too cheap to buy from my own food. So I'm going to yeah, need you to give it to me for free. <laughs> Please give it to me for free. Like, come on. What? What? Good Th- try, though, Kim. Think about it, Kim. Think about it. Okay, so Dave, I've got a story that doesn't prove Irish folks are dumber than Americans when it comes to coronavirus, but it mm. may bring them a little bit closer to our dumbness level. We Just need that, unfortunately. A little bit. So a group of four bros uh, from mm-hmm. Dublin, they were pretty upset mm-hmm. that the bars were closed again due to the new level five lockdown that, that was enforced in Ireland. Yeah, I saw that uh, Europe was shutting stuff down, man. A lot. They Crazy. Had, they had a, a big increase. Obviously not anywhere close to what our increase is, but nope. they had a big increase. Um, yeah. Now... For the folks out there that don't know, in a level five lockdown, everything that's not deemed essential is shut down. Yep. Now, right. the, the airport is essential, so it wasn't shut down, and that includes the restaurants and bars in the terminal. So, oh, man. <laughs> our four bros bought a ticket for a, uh, for a flight 
for 10 euros. What? Which, I don't know what flight is only $12, but... Right. <laughs> they apparently found one, one uh, and they bought it. And then they proceeded to just sit at a bar and drink for the rest of the day in the airport. Dedication. And, and of course, they had to post about it on their Facebook, which that was the bad idea because that alerted the Irish government that they were skirting the lockdown laws. Now, to my uh, knowledge, I wonder how the government found it. Oh, the nobody did. man is watching you. Man. No, no, well, no doubt somebody narked on him. So true. Um, yeah. Now, I've got to say though, what is wrong with these wackos? Just go home and drink. What the wrong with you like you can't I don't know if they're trying to find like a girl at the bar or something that was yeah about to you're get not your gonna real, find a good one at the fight. airport nope. like <laughs> come on i mean regardless if there is alcohol or not at the airport it's the last place on earth i want to stay like i don't want to stay i've never been in the airport and been like god if i could only stay in here longer like, I know, this airport is so nice. I want to. St- I hope my flight gets delayed two more hours. <laughs> I mean, that's like <laughs> committing a crime just because the prison has good food. Like, yeah, guys, chicken parmesan is outstanding. The <laughs> in the showers that makes it a little less enjoyable, but still totally <laughs> worth it. Like, come on, what are you thinking, guys? Think it through. Just get some brews and go home. Um. Anyways, Dave. Yeah, you're paying like overpriced beers too. Exactly. Oh. You're paying like probably, I don't know, six euros Euro, of beer. Euros. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Dave, uh, thank goodness we're past the old election. Uh, congratulations to President elect Biden. Um, yes. We have something interesting, though, that happened prior to the election in Garner, North Carolina. So, Karen Bloom is a travel agent and she was working from home uh karen is a registered republican and because (laughs) of (laughs) because of that work for uh because of that a worker from stampede america a national Mm -hmm. republican organization that tries to get out the republican vote visited her house to implore her to vote the worker dropped Mm -hmm. off a flyer at Karen's door. And Karen was actually at her house when she did this. And Karen mm. looked out and her cat, Sugar Baby, was outside. And mm. uh, being a friendly cat, the cat followed the worker to her car. And Karen thought, mm-hmm. ah, Sugar Baby, being friendly, there she goes. But then mm. she looked out again and her cat was gone. Wait, what? Oh, no. Sure enough, when Karen went to her neighbor, who has a doorbell camera, they clearly saw Mm -hmm. the worker scooping up the cat and putting it in her car and driving off. Word. Um, Wow. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Karen contacted the Republican Party in North Carolina, told them what happened, and they actually did track down the lady who relinquished the cat and then was fired by Stampede America. So, man, um, you know, I got a chain of events. I got to say for one thing, uh, if you're the Republican Party, this doesn't help you get any voters when you're out there stealing pets. Nope. I'm going to be honest. No. 
doesn't. No, not a good look. Doesn't help you win for over for any party. For um, any party. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And it doesn't matter if you're independent, Green Party, li- Libertarian, Democrat, stealing pets, that's a no-win uh, position right there. So true. Um, anyways, secondly, it amazed me at how quickly this lady made the decision to take the cat. Like, I mean, she's literally, there's no way she knew about this cat. She's dropping off a flyer, and then she's just like, oh. A cat. You know what? I could take a cat. Yeah. Like, what? How fast do you decide? Just like, you know what? Yeah, I would like a new cat. There we go. Like, this just one's nice enough. <laughs> I mean, that is, it's crazy. Just, just crazy. Uh, okay, Dave. Little bad news. Bad news what? in this situation. Um. I hear in math, two negatives make a positive. In this case, mm-hmm. in this story, two negatives just make a bigger negative. It's an, it's an mm-hmm. additive negative here. Uh, so Uh-oh. first, first negative. A 10-year-old accidentally shot his grandma with a gun. Jeez. Oh, my God. Next well, negative. That's a, that's a way to start. Next negative. He apparently got the gun from his church. Wait, what? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I was just from his grandma or something. No, from his church. Oh. So oh, that's even worse. So, uh, Dave, this happened in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, in Western PA. Shout out to Western PA. We have some listeners out there. Uh, yeah. A 10-year-old boy broke into the quote-unquote lockbox that was inside the Solid Rock Church and then took the gun outside to play with it, Hmm. at which he started shooting it. His grandma responded to the shooting, walked outside to try to stop him, and he accidentally shot her twice. Luckily, she is expected to survive. (laughs) So she's expected to survive. Good on you, Granny. Uh, Thank God, man. Several comments. Several comments. First, I'm going to say, Dave, you can't really call it a lockbox if a 10-year-old was able to get into it. Again. Yeah, not that secure. Might want to just rephrase it as a gun container. That might just be what you might want to label it as. Second, why the does a church have a gun? Why? Why? goes against like everything <laughs> I, I don't remember the statement in the bible guys i think we all remember the book of psalms where they say hey guys protect my house with a gun nope that's not a passage that doesn't exist like come on you're a church act like a church good lord so true lastly dave i don't know about you in your family but I feel like mm-hmm. if i was this kid really be hard to live this down for the rest of my life and my family like I yeah, feel, Grandma wouldn't be coming by anymore. Well, I feel like everybody else in my family too would be like, "Hey, you remember that time you tried to murder Grandma?" Girl, come on. Yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, what were yeah. you like ten? Yeah, have you gotten over that? Don't shoot me because I said that. What? Jeez, and Lord. <laughs> you know, I feel like a lot of that be would go on in cousins. my in my family. Not very cool. Uh, okay, Dave, I've got two stories. I'm gonna let one go over to the the next segment. Um, but I'm going to okay. tell you my favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite of today's stories. So, Alrighty. 
There is a 72-year-old woman in San Antonio that believes that her and Jason Momoa are in love. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Has she met Jason? Uh, via video, yes. Hmm. Yes. So so this lady totally in love. Say, said she was on Facebook when, quote unquote, Jason Momoa contacted her and they exchanged messages. Word. Then apparently Aquaman asked her to move it to a private social media app because we all know good things happen on private social media apps. Nope. That's what they're made yeah, for. They good things. Nope. Uh, the 72-year-old lady says that she communicates daily with Jason, talking for hours on the phone, exchanging text messages, and even doing video chats. Mm. To which she said, I see him. I see his whole body and everything. Yep. Ew. Gross. That's her quote. That's her quote. Now, uh, not too surprisingly, after a while uh, chatting for Jason for, for a good bit, he asked for her bank account number, which she uh, gave to yes. him. He then of transferred $80,000 into her account, which sounds nice at the start, but then asked her to transfer it into another account. <clears throat> Laundering. Now, the grandma reassured police that he told her, nah, that's not what's going on. The money was going to be used for them to start a new life together. Word. To get it going. Him and her. Just moving into the future. That's what they're looking forward to. Nope. Uh, call me crazy, Dave. I don't think this is Jason Momoa. I don't. You know, I'm I'm not sold that it isn't, Doc. But 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 re <laughs> regardless of anything, though, you gotta give it up for this she lady. Saw his whole body and everything, dude. Well, but you gotta give it up for her confidence. So true. Like this lady's con this this random seventy two year old lady in San in San San Antonio is like, yeah, this heartthrob superhero actor worth millions of dollars that's 31 years younger than me pick me out and it was like yeah she's the lady of my dreams Sweet. that is confidence that is mm. big time i mean literally a dude you're either born with it or you're not doc She's i mean got it <laughs> i mean a dude that's gonna be most likely the sexiest man alive in 2020 by people magazine a dude that 300 million women in the world would want to be with right now and you're confident he decided to go with you you're like yeah obviously why wouldn't hmm. he yeah like totally. i mean dave how crazy would you think i was if i was like hey dave good news man uh, Ariana Grande messaged me on Instagram, and guess what? She totally digs Sweet. me, and uh, we're gonna get married on top of a mountain. Yes! And uh, she seems to be transferring large quantities of money through my bank account, but that's cool because she's buying all the things for our after our wedding. So don't what? worry about that; it'll be cool. Like, I mean, when you're talking about large sums of money getting transferred into your account. It's kind of hard to disagree with the fact that it's really them <laughs> until, you know, until they ask for it back. Yeah, it's, uh, 
But like, but like, I mean, last uh, the, the last thing on that, Dave. I don't care how much I believe a star is contacting me. I'm not giving bank account info. Nope. Like, never. If Ariana Grande is asking me for bank account info, I'm going to be like, hey, listen, Ariana, let's ride this relationship train for a little while before we talk about joint bank accounts. I don't need mm -hmm. your money, and you don't need mine. So right. let's keep this going for a while. Give me a little but bit so more. Give so me a show you her yeah, everything. Yeah, full body. Talk. Give me the full body. Full <laughs> talk. Anyways, anyways, Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from All our right. guest today. This is the fantastic Dead Poet Society with Swarm. Yes. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKR 95.5 LPFM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever podcast downloading app you use, mm -hmm. click on it yep. and download the Doc G Show. Bingo. Give us a five-star rating and comment something you like about the show. Yes. We would appreciate it. That's yes. right. In the meantime, also... Go on the website, www.thedocgshow.com. Yes. We got a bunch of cool stuff on there for you to see. Amen. Then the Instagram, at docgshow. Boom. Doc's got the highlights on there. Yes. And he takes a lot of pride Dude. in his unique editing talents. Thank you. Thank you. I do. You're welcome. Gracias, Dave. Gracias. You're uh, welcome. Uh, De nada. De nada. Um, ah. yeah, <laughs> it's all right. You'll learn more. <laughs> we'll we'll go through. We'll go through one um, day. Mm, one day, Dave. I hear you have a, a miscellaneous file for us. Say what? Yes. Okay. So everyone, we did not announce at the beginning of the show, but if you did not know, it is Masters Week. Dave's a golfer. One of the folks. best weeks. He loves it in the entire freaking year. He loves it. And very one late of the cool year. things. Very late. It's well. Late, yes. Late Corona. but early. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess yes. yeah. Early. Yeah, we'll say early. The yeah. best part is you have one now and then one in April, and oh. it's going to be fantastic. Oh. So every year, the previous winner gets to pick the dinner for all the past winners to come and enjoy. Who is and they the winner? Can pick whatever they want. Tiger Woods, if you didn't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, because we had the year layover. Yeah, it was Tiger. Yeah, cool. so he's been Masters champ for like 18 months. Nice. That's right. Nice. Can you? So I saw this tweet today also. The last time that the Masters was played, mm -hmm. Game of Thrones was still airing. Wow. Doesn't that feel like forever ago? It's been a while, Speak man. Speak about miscellaneous. It's been a Goodness while. Gracious. It's been a while. Uh, Justin always shamed me for not watching Game of Thrones. Wham. <laughs> so freaking good. <laughs> so freaking good. I'll get around to it. Give me a couple of years. 2025, I'm coming for you, Game of Thrones. I'm being there. There you go. When it's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. All right. So, give us the, the menu. Master's dinner. All right. The appetizer is called the Augusta roll. Mm. It's a sushi roll. Mm. Tempura shrimp, spicy tuna, avocado, mm. eel sauce, tempura flakes, pickled ginger, wasabi, and soy sauce. Mm. Mm. I like good. it. I could go little, with it. Little throw, little shout out to Tiger's heritage. You know, yeah. he's uh, part half Asian. Asian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
And then for the main course, they're mm. having prime steak and chicken fajitas, oh. grilled vegetables, reed fried beans, Mexican rice, pico de gallo, sour cream, guac, and flour tortillas. Ooh, I wonder if they get. Uh, I wonder if it if they get their own personal sizzling tray like you do at restaurants. Sweet. Oh yeah, well be on the lookout for that. Have to uh, check it out. Yeah, coming forward. Yep. Yeah. All right, then the dessert trio. Classic flan, mm-hmm. churros with chocolate sauce, mm. and uh, sopapillas. Mm. I, mm. I believe is how you pronounce it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going the uh, uh, the what was it in the middle? Yeah, churros with chocolate sauce. Yeah, churros with chocolate sauce. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, that's what I'm going. That sounds with. pretty good. I may go with the flan and, um, or sopapillas because I have no idea what it is. Well, you got to try. You got to reach out, you know? Yeah. You got you to gotta try everything. Now, Dave, then, my gosh. Then they got a couple of two fi- two, 2015 wines, a red and a white. No no, so, no doubt for me, that would be my favorite part of winning the uh, winning the Masters. So I would spend months oh, yeah. planning it out. I'd be like, how many courses can we actually have? Can we have like right. 20? Yes! Can I just keep bringing things out? Oh man, we would have an Italian well, then, feast. So and then fine. you gotta think: Is mm. there like a is there a past winner? If like, are you doing a little bit of gamesmanship where it's like, oh, they're allergic to pine nuts? <laughs> Extra pine nut meal. Girl, come on, it's all pine nuts. <laughs> so they're just destroying roasted pine nuts. The toilet is our the morning course. of the first round. Oh, <laughs> that would be that would be low right there. That would be low. Okay, now that we got it, keep a lookout, folks. Keep a lookout for the Masters. It's going to be a good time. Also, yes. you know, I mean, speaking, you know, your your whole uh, mention as far as you get sort of a double dip of the Masters, same deal for the NBA. You get a double dip of the yeah, NBA. I mean, it's starting, starting back the, up in a month. December. Yeah. Crazy. Got a, got a month. Crazy. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's coming back. And, I mean, I guess, right, it, it's coming back in the bubble, right? Is it bubble or is it no bubble? I, you would think. That, I don't think they've said it yet, but... It's almost the point where you man, this hasn't gone down enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You gotta. And plus, I love the bubble. Let's do it. Come on, bubble. Yeah. Anyways. I know it, man. I gotta, I gotta give a, a rundown of the top shows. Top shows. Yes. Number five, September 30th, 2020. Ben Miller. Great show. Mm. Great mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it. Long talk with Ben. Want to have him back on the show. Want to have him in the studio when we can and get him down in the yep. studio. Uh, October 14th, 2020, Tariq Jafar of Blue Stones, number four. There we go. Nice. Yes. Enjoyed enjoyed my talk with Tariq for sure. And once again, number three, man, August 19th, 2020, Dead Posey. Wow. They're racking up the, yeah. they're racking up the later listens. People want to get down on that show. up. They want to get down on that show, and I don't blame them. Danielle and Tony were a good time. Uh, October sure. 28th, 2020, Grandson. There it is. Shout out to Grandson. Yeah. Shout and then out. lastly, of course, number one, November 4th, 2020, Magic City Hippies. Shout out to the Damn. Magic City Hippies, and shout out to yeah. them for giving us a shout out on Instagram. Love it. Taking the little extra step. I love it when an artist does that. Really feel the love from them. And I felt it the love from your those. Heart. Yeah, I felt the love from those fellas and I I I appreciate it a lot. So true. A lot. Yes! Uh okay, Dave. One leftover story as I told you. This one's yep. pretty good too. It's a little bit of uh local news. Uh actually oh. r- right down the road from where I used to live uh on Southside Boulevard. <laughs> 
uh, in Jacksonville yeah. there. Now, apparently, at the Extended Stay Deluxe, right off oh, nice. of uh, Southside Boulevard, Marlo Walton, a 34-year-old lady who was staying there, got pretty irate with the staff hmm. based on two things. One, they didn't serve any breakfast at the hotel. And two, Rude. the pool was closed because of COVID. And uh, she was uh, she was yelling pretty loud about these two things, getting pretty crazy. And a dude yeah. who had nothing to do with the situation walked into the lobby, and he felt like he should jump in. So he told the lady, hey, settle down. Now, Dave, I don't know anything about this lady, but I can tell you that was a bad idea. Because right. whenever, I don't care who you are, whenever you're getting about a situation, right or wrong, the last thing that you want to hear is somebody telling you that seemingly doesn't know anything about the situation to settle down. Yeah! You do not right. want to hear that, regardless of who you are. Uh, not surprisingly, Dave, uh, telling this lady to settle down uh, didn't go well. Nope. And she started to uh, verbally abuse this man and come after him, which caused him... Mm to tell in the police report that he feared for his life. Word. So he fled the lobby. When he left the lobby, he went to his truck in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. After a few minutes, mm -hmm. he saw the lady coming in the parking lot, at which time he parked his truck and ran off. Wait, what? With the keys still in the truck. When really? He, yeah. When he came back, his truck was gone. And the police eventually found it in the retention pond across the street. And then the police hunted Marlo down and arrested her on uh, four different charges. So, Dave, multiple things on this story. Yes! First off, who wants to swim in a hotel pool? Hmm. I mean, honestly... I'm pretty sure the last time I was disappointed about the pool not being available in a hotel was like when I was five. Honestly. Yeah, could care, that's true. I could care less. I'll take a cold shower. I'll be fine. Like, come on. Nobody wants to get in that chemical bath. Nope. Second, this lady is right down the street from Metro Diner. Come on. Come on, <laughs> lady. You can hit up cinnamon roll pancakes Chicken and waffles. Oh, so freaking Meat good. lover's omelet. And you're going to waste your time on some kind of crappy hotel breakfast? No. Continental breakfast no. bull crap. No. Yeah. Third, what kind of survival skills did that dude have that he decided to run when he was in his truck? What? Like... They could have found him, man. Easily spotted. You're in a tr drive off. Yes. You're in a truck. <laughs> drive it. Yes. Drive it. Like, huh? she can't. She's not the Terminator. Nope. She's not going to crunch into the back of your car. Oh, she's coming. It's not going to happen. Nope. Lastly, did she get out of the truck before she let it go into the deten uh, the retention pond? Hmm. Like, Great question. Or, or was that how bad she wanted to go into the pool? Was that she was like, retention pond, close enough, and just flew yes, right in there? Work. I don't know, <laughs> man. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Questions, questions. Anyways, Dave, second birthday suit. Are you ready? Hmm. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, do you want the easy one or the hard one? 
Give me the hard one. Okay. Okay. I got you on 45% on this one. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All I, right. I've sort of, uh, this one, who was it that you, you couldn't get? The actress? Hmm. Now I can't remember who it was. Oh, uh, uh, Julie, uh, Julie Roberts. It's about, a, oh, yeah. it's about, uh-huh. about that confidence level because uh, uh, she's okay. a little bit similar here. Anyways. Born on November 11, 1962 in Roswell, New Mexico, her mm-hmm. stepdad's job moved, so her family moved to meet the job. What? And so she moved around frequently as a child. At the age of 16, when the family was living in Hollywood, our birthday suit wearer moved out of the house to live on her own. She signed. Uh, she was signed by Elite Modeling Agency, and by the early 80s, she started acting. She appeared in a movie called Parasite in 1982, and then in the soap opera General Hospital in 1983. In 1985, she played in the successful St. Elmo's Fire. Hmm. She then married Bruce Willis in 1987. In 1990, hmm. she played in arguably her most famous role in the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze which sold over a half a billion in theaters. Jeez. In 1990s, she starred in several movies, Mortal Thoughts, The Butcher's Wife, A Few Good Men, The Scarlet Letter, Striptease. In 1997, she played in G.I. Jane, a story of the first woman undergoing Navy SEALs training. In 2005, she married Ashton Kutcher. Word. She continued to act uh-huh. through the 2000s with movies like uh, Margin Call, Another Happy Day, LOL, Very Good Girls, uh, Corporate Animals. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Dude, I got no idea. This person's like almost 60 and was married to Ashton Kutcher. I got yeah. no freaking idea. Yeah, that's, no freaking idea. That's why they called her a cougar, man. So true. That's why they called oh. her a cougar. Who is it? I don't I got no idea. Demi Moore. Demi Moore. That name sounds familiar, but I, I cannot put a face to that I, name. I think I got to I think I got to put actors and actresses at your lowest. That's I think Dude, your I lowest so knowledge bad. point there. Uh, I Dude, think because I I know like who they I like I associate them with roles yeah and like you, I don't really care what your name is because yeah. you're you're just that character yeah to me. I got you man I got you Demi Moore man turning your right she's turning big fifty eight she's got three kids with Bruce Willis no kids with uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher they divorced I forget when it was two thousand twelve or something like that um, at that point she was probably too old to have kids but she 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 definitely was 2012 i mean 2012 yeah. she was 50 that's uh, yeah oh man so ashton kutcher was like 30 married to a 50 year old yeah she's cougar man wow she's good looking good looking 50 year old so good looking 58 year old very good looking 58 year old if she messaged me on instagram no way i'd believe it I would not you'd, believe you'd accept her money. <laughs> I would not. I would not give her my bank account info. It would not happen. Nope. Anyways, happy birthday, Demi Moore. Live it up. Fifty-eight. Yes, happy birthday. Good times. Uh, Dave, we are going to take a break. We will be right back though with our guest for today. That's right, Jack and Will yeah. from Dead Poets Society. All right.
This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. What's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are very excited to have two members of the Dead Poet Society, Will Goodroad and Jack Undercoffler. Jack, Will, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. So, uh, obviously, 2020 hasn't been as exciting as you guys had planned. Nope. Uh, COVID <laughs> has sort of ruined some things for you guys, like all bands, pretty much. But I've noticed you guys have stayed busy. You got you released a new single, new video with the single. Uh, mm-hmm. You had a big live stream with Bad Flower. Yes! We'll get into the the tunes a little bit later. How'd the live stream go? Live stream went great. It was a lot of fun. It's so much fun always playing with bands that are like way better than you. It, <laughs> you know, it puts the pressure on, and so you, everybody's kind of competing to do their absolute best. And and I mean that's that's the fun of it for us. You know, that's that's like what we love. So everybody there, they're all homies. We love Bad Flowers. So nice. It's always fun. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, did uh, Bones UK did that as well, right? They did. Nice, they did. nice. Shout out yeah, to Bones UK. Yeah, yeah, they're they're so good as well. They um, are. Carmen, the uh, guitarist, is just, I and mean, she's like prodigal. She, it's, it's it's amazing. It's funny. We were just talking about her uh, last or two shows ago. We were talking about. She, they came on the show last year. And uh, yeah, she is she is a guitar wonder for sure, for sure. And, <laughs> yeah. to, and to think somebody, uh, a dude had the audacity to tell her that she couldn't play uh, several years back because she oh, was. Oh, I like, didn't know that. Yeah, they have a song actually dedicated to that. Girls can't play guitar, and that's, that's fuel for the fire. Yeah, yeah it, fuel for the fire, right there. Definitely, for sure. Well, let's let's take the listeners back for your guy's story, uh, Jack. You you're actually originally from my home state, Virginia, right? Sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Now, yeah, a little little on the other side of the the state from where I grew up. I grew up in the Wait, middle. Wait, where'd of, you grow up? I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Radford, Virginia. Uh, oh, I know Radford. Yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of friends that went to RU. Nice. My dad was the first male graduate of Radford Get University. Out of here. He was. Yes. What a lucky guy. Yeah, seventy one. <laughs> It's funny, if you go back and you look at, there's like a history book about Radford University, and in the history book, it mentions him being the first male graduate, and literally, like, the next sentence, it's like, they had to put locks on all the female dorms after that. And it's like, what? No, come, come on there. Easy, guys. Um, oh, man. Anyways, uh, as far as you growing up, uh, in Virginia, what, what was the original spark for music for you that got you to start in down the road of music and specifically singing? Well, something I don't really remember, but my mom remembers really well, is I've always been like singing in front of the TV and dancing and whatnot. So <laughs> I, I guess I guess it was in me from an early age. But I, what I remember is after begging my parents to make me stop taking piano lessons because I hated it so much. Mm. I immediately started begging them to get me guitar lessons. Nice. 
And after about two years of asking, they finally bought me a guitar. And my dad bought me this Bob Dylan Essentials like mm. book that had like 50 songs from Bob Dylan in it. Yeah. And I just learned to play almost all of them. And I became obsessed with Bob Dylan. I, I listened to his music nonstop. And I think that's where it all kind of really started. And especially right. coming from a songwriting perspective, because the guy is just, you know, a lyrical god. And, yeah. uh, and that's where it kind of all started for me. Nice. Nice. Now, uh, I mean, no offense to Bob, he has a very uh, original voice, but I think you got a better uh, vocal range than him. I feel like with a singer, sometimes you you have that you have that moment as a singer where either people tell you that you can sing, or they're 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 like, "Hey, you should keep that in the shower." Did you yeah, have I, a moment where somebody was like, "Man, you can really sing"? Yeah. Yes, and no. I mean, I. I think that, you know, I, I I really honestly was horrible at singing until until I got to college when I started mm. singing with Dead Poets Society. Mm. And um, and that's when I kind of feel like I really found my voice, like what worked and how it worked together. But mm. I think that um, something that I always kind of take into uh, consideration is I don't really feel like with singing, it's the skill level, but more so the quality of your voice. Like yeah. you can suck at singing. But if you find something that that connects with people's souls and yeah. you find your way to do it, I feel like that that's what makes a good singer to me. Oh, yeah. You know, because like, I mean, there are so many singers out there that are like technically not great, but they're my favorites, and and I envy their voices so much. You know? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You got it's 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 how you own your own voice, and I mean, I think Dylan's one of those examples because obviously uh, yeah. it's not like he's he's blowing anybody out of vocal range of like aretha franklin or anything there's not any you know amazing yeah. sound like that nope. will how'd you get started behind the kit what what uh what got you interested in drums what got you started uh speaking of bob dylan i'm actually from minnesota okay all right yeah, and like a lot of drummers my age i got started by checking out travis barker and was obsessed uh. with how how insane his style was, how much energy he plays with. And I saw him live a few times and um, I just started, I, like, my dad had a log pile mm. <laughs> outside and I was just hitting sticks on it. <laughs> and Kelly's like, okay, we got to get him a drum set. It's got a good reflexive. The The wood's definitely got a good bounce. You can get some good rudiments on there for sure. Oh, oh yeah. And then, then I kind of sucked once I went to a real drum set. <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis Barker, I always equate to like the, the new age Tommy Lee. He was I was basic, just about to say that, yes. You know, so so much energy, so so skinny and tattooed up. Just you want you want to be that dude back there. I totally <laughs> oh, yeah, get going it, man. Upside down doing drum solos on yeah. fire. Exactly, man. And then you sort of segue it into getting to play with hip hop artists, and you just, oh. I mean, you're just that cool guy. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand where I was that same guy, except I wasn't good at drums. So you know, that was. <laughs> I wanted to be that guy. So you guys both ended up going uh, to Berkeley School of Music, which amazing, amazing uh, music school there. We've actually had a couple of alums on the show. And uh, yeah, yeah. One of them sticks out of the mind. Johnny Rabb, another fantastic drummer with uh, Collective Soul now. Uh, very, very good. Um now, I, I heard this, this interesting Jack and Nick talking about starting a Dead Poet Society. 
And I heard them say when they originally started, because you guys weren't there for the original, original starting there uh, of their concept. And No, I, they actually went through a bunch of people. Yeah, and I heard them say that there was like a meme going around co- <laughs> the, 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 the uh, college yes. that said they were the worst thing to come out of Berkeley. What? Yeah, let me tell you. All right, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. Okay. Okay. So six months before I joined the band, mm-hmm. one of my best friends was drumming for Dead Poet Society, uh-huh. and I convinced him to leave the band because I thought they were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then you joined. And then I joined. Yeah. How did that? So. How did that happen? How did that leap go from "Hey, uh, get out of this band. It's toxic." To you know what? Let's jump in this band. Why not? Okay. So the thing is, I'm. I'm too nice, <laughs> and uh, and I was friends with Jack's roommate, mm-hmm. and Jack heard me sing and was like, hey, dude, like we wrote these songs. Do you mind singing on them? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I did it anyways because, you know, I, I felt kind of obligated in the moment to do it. <laughs> and uh, so I went and sang on some of their stuff and uh, was kind of like, all right, that's kind of – that's kind of all done, yeah. done and set, you know. And um, then Nick, Nick, our original bassist, mm-hmm. uh, he kind of kept asking me, like, hey, dude, come right with us. Come right with us. And I would, like, avoid them. Like, I was mm-hmm. consciously making an effort <laughs> to avoid them. But Nick knew where I lived. So one day, one day he just showed up on my front doorstep. And he was like, dude, let's write a song together. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. But... I brought him in and we sat down and we were like, let's pick a topic to write about. And so we picked this one topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were we, so, some of our early music. We picked a lot of history topics because we're all history nerds and like nice. And it just kind of felt right to write on. And um, we ended up writing uh, the first song we ever released as a band that we did wrote collaboratively. Uh, it's called One Four Five. And uh, yeah, and after that. I was like, you know, there's something here. Like, I write with these guys. I've never sang rock before, but this is like, this is kind of cool. I think we have something here. And my roommates at the time were like, Nah, dude, you don't want to join that band. And I was like, Nah, I think, I think this is this is gonna work. So and they so, wore you down. They wore you down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, Will, how did you get in? How did you get into the worst band that's ever came out of Berkeley? How did that? Uh, how did you decide? That was for you. I didn't know about the previous Dead Poet Society that had this oh. weird... Yeah, they had this weird uh, cover of Pumped Up Kicks that was infamous that I didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> and if you would have, you probably wouldn't have joined, right? Uh, I would have, ironically, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so but so you had you had no real uh backstory when you joined it was just like hey come play drums and you were like yes. all right cool yeah jack our guitar player uh jc um he it was just him he was like hey do you want to come to the practice space and write some stuff we have this this singer um it wasn't jack i forget his name but uh we wrote some kind of cool stuff uh that which went on our first ep and then when Jack, I, like Ju, came to our first uh, rehearsal, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, man, this guy's this guy's a machine, and mm-hmm. I'm glad we uh, glad we wore him down. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Jack, when you went, uh, you went to school for music production and engineering, and that would be that's other Jack that went went. Oh, okay, so what'd you go for? Uh, I went for the uh, kind of BS major, which is called <laughs> pro music. It's the major where it's like. 
I don't know what I want to do here. And the school's like, well, we can still take your money if you want. And so <laughs> that was my major. <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh, that's a lot of majors, actually, in college nowadays. Uh, you yeah. know. Psychology, biology, you can't really do oh, yeah. anything with any one of those degrees when you come out. So, you know. Basket weaving. Yeah. So, did you have did you have the plan of joining a band when you went to college? Not at all. Not at okay. all. No, I was kind of like I was kind of doing my own thing uh, at the time and like like any guitarist my age mm -hmm. um, or anybody who's ever touched a guitar my age is you know grew up being a huge fan of John Mayer pretty much yeah and that was like every guitarist and so when I came to Berkeley obviously I had the same mindset of every guitarist of like I want to be the next John Mayer kind of thing you know mm -hmm. some stupid some stupid little you know self-centered mindset and so I was I was doing a lot of like um, acoustic really soft acoustic stuff at the time gotcha and, um, I had no intentions of joining a band. I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind till Jack and Nick started like begging me to join. But yeah. that would, that that seemed like Jack's number one goal. Like when he went, even though he was going for music production and engineering, he seemed pretty geared towards I'm going to start a band when I get to the school. That's yeah, what it sounds like um, yeah, him and Nick. Yeah, I noticed uh, on your inst or on your Facebook. There, I noticed it said you worked at, at Boston Burger Company while you were there. Did you do that? Yes, I did. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, dude. Have you been there? I have not. Our, one of our former oh. guests and friends of the show, Casey Webb, uh, the, the guy that does Man vs. Food on, uh, mm -hmm. on TV, he uh, went there to have the Pilgrim. But I, oh, that's such a good one. So underrated. Okay. Well, I got to ask you, what's your, what's your favorite burger on the menu? Oh, I gotta say, probably the 420 burger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was my that was my go-to. Do you know what's on it? I literally, I literally have it listed on my notes right here as one of my. <laughs> oh, okay, so for the listeners, let me break it down real quick. Okay. Okay. It's fried macaroni and cheese balls, <laughs> a burger patty mm. with cheese and bacon on top, onion rings, mozzarella sticks, and golden barbecue sauce on top. <sighs> Art, oh, art. oh man yeah, art, at least. man it's a, th a 3 a.m art piece that's for sure oh <laughs> yes. man i had Amen. 420 or the texan those were the two that i was looking at that i was like yeah yeah Both that looks good, good. Contenders. i gotta say when you go there though don't get don't get tricked into getting the killer bee the killer bee is like the safe burger that's oh, okay. like onion rings with honey barbecue sauce on top yeah and it's it's like it's just like a tame version of like ooh, i'm i'm going a little risky but i want to stay safe to yeah. what i know like no just get the weirdest thing on the menu because <laughs> they're all really good i i mean they definitely the pilgrim look i mean it looked unique enough for tv that's why i think they went with it since it's basically thanksgiving dinner in a in a burger pretty much but, honestly the pilgrims in my top three nice for sure nice it definitely it definitely looked good but i'm not a huge i know it's blasphemous blasphemous for some people but i'm not a huge uh thanksgiving food fan so like mm -hmm. eh. the 420 though i'm a huge fan of fry crap <laughs> so you know that's yes, dude. that's oh, good uh yep. well okay i want to 180 back to music now that i've got my i've got my fat questions out of the way yes! um, okay good <laughs> you guys i've noticed as far as talking individually you have some pretty unique like musical taste 
as far as yeah. what you guys are into. When you started making music, was it hard to find like a musical middle ground or did it just sort of flow together and you were like, oh, we all dig this. This is good. Um, No, to be completely honest, to this day, we still all have pretty different musical tastes. I mean, I think we, we kind of all share rock. Um, the rock genre, mm -hmm. but um, as a foundation, like as a foundation kind of thing. But to be honest, I mean, like Jack, Jack came from a metal background. Yeah, um, he listened to a lot of like Animals as Leader. Oh, I guess is that is that metal? Not I mean, like yeah. you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassing yeah. myself right now, but. <laughs> they, uh, it's um, some genre that you're not into. Yes. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like suicide <laughs> silence. Suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, our original bassist Nick was into like uh, punk. Mm -hmm. A lot of you know he's a massive Misfits fan. Mm -hmm. um, and I listened to like a lot of like Coldplay, and like uh, I mean I had a couple metal bands that I really liked. Like I, I at the time I was a big fan of uh, Alter Bridge. Mm. Miles um, Kennedy was kind of like a main influence for my singing voice. Yeah, uh, back in the day. And um, Will, what did you listen to? A lot of R and B and. Yeah, in like Pop high school punk, and right? college, is a lot of like R and B and hip hop. But um, yeah, in high school is definitely punk and uh, emo, screamo stuff. Well, I mean, you know that that makes sense with sort of all the the instruments. You know, I mean, obviously you're gonna yeah. find your heaviest grooves in R and B. Usually, the bassist just loves to <laughs> loves to go on that punk side, and then the guitar player <laughs> loves to shred. So it yeah. makes makes sense. Yeah. But so you still have to work that out. Like, I mean, as far as uh, when you're writing songs, does it come together a little bit easier? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we're so deep in our own hole of like our sound. But at this point, it's kind of like we're all on the same page of what what makes us feel something. Yeah. You know, like if somebody plays a riff or somebody sings a melody, it's just you get this like gut feeling of just like, oh, yes. <laughs> and, and you just ride off of that and you try to make the whole song give you that. Yeah. Nice. Not, well, so even though you can't really tour right now over the the past six years you guys have had some pretty wild experiences as far as i could tell on tour and yeah, I, I, I noticed one that that made me laugh and i i would say probably still makes you laugh thinking about it your first tour outside of boston you played in sanford delaware at the coyote bar yeah <laughs> you, you got to tell our listeners about that gig okay so so um it was the first day of the first tour we ever did together it was something that jack just kind of threw together and um we kind of had this massive like stopping point right before the tour started the mm -hmm. band we were supposed to go on tour with dropped out last second mm. and so this week of us rehearsing not knowing if we were going to go or not but the day came and we left mm -hmm. and about 45 minutes in we took two cars and about 45 minutes in, Nick and I get pulled over by a cop and uh, Nick borrowed his sister's car and his sister had the wrong registration in the car and no, no insurance. And so, and so we got this big old ticket and we had to turn around, drive all the way back up to his place, get the right registration and then head off to the gig. So we get to the gig and it's this bar in a strip mall in the middle of a cornfield. Like there is... <laughs> nothing around and the sign doesn't light up and we're like i think we're here we go in there's three people at the bar and 
we just start setting up. Like, yeah. okay, this is it. I guess this is the beginning. <laughs> and so, and so uh, we finish playing, and the uh, chef comes out, and he goes, and he walks up to us, and he shakes our hands, and he goes, guys, like, I've been working here for 10 years, and, like, you guys are the best band that I've heard here so far, and I nice. don't say that. And we were like, okay, that's some validation right there. <laughs> and then, uh, and then one of the guys that was sitting at the bar comes over, and he's just like, I gotta go get my son. And he like <laughs> leaves. He tells us not to leave. He's gone for about thirty minutes. We're just kind of hanging out at the <laughs> bar, all not twenty one, so we can't drink. And uh, and he comes back with his son, who's like twelve years old. And he's like, I want him to play on stage with you guys. Let's do this. And we just kind of loved how into this he was and how excited he was and how much he loved his son. So we were just like, yeah, screw it. And so we get on stage and we just jam with this this 12-year-old kid for a while. And uh, Was he playing and, anything or was he just like headbanging? No, he was he was playing guitar and he was actually, you know, for being 12, he was pretty decent. All and right. uh, afterwards, we, um, we had booked a camping site uh, <laughs> about 10 minutes away. And we get out there, and um, we so easily could have not paid for this camping site. Yeah, there was like <laughs> nobody there to like stop us. But you know, we spent the twenty five bucks and we start pitching the tent. Turns out it's a three man tent, and there's four of us. <laughs> so we're sleeping like head to toe, like sardines. And we have it's about ninety five degrees out and about eighty percent humidity. <laughs> and uh, and. We have this bottle of Bacardi that we just start <laughs> passing down the line. And so we're just getting hammered in this tent that's like way too small, just sweating all over each other. Just four dudes in a three man tent. Just yeah, dude. Nope. And honestly, it was, I mean, that tour was some of the best memories of my life. So we were all like, this is it after that. I like, mean, we're going to do this forever. There you, I mean, you know, I mean, looking at it now, that memory and the memory of worst band to come out of Berkeley would be like two strikes <laughs> for a band right there. But yeah. look, look where you are now, man. Look where you are now. Yeah, man. We were too, we were too stupid to say, all right, maybe this is a bad idea. So, <laughs> well, so another instance, I saw you guys talking about where you went on the West Coast. Uh, and you were at San Francisco, park the car, five minutes later, both your windows are broken, and Will's laptop is stolen. Blam. I'm, yep. I'm guessing that had to bring down the mood of that particular tour a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were, I mean, we were literally gone for no more than five minutes, and, um, and somebody, it was like somebody was watching the car when we pulled up. I don't even know how, but it was just like, pulled up. They smashed two of the windows. Why? Why would you smash two windows? <laughs> just because. The first one, they were like, yeah, you know what? Nah, it wasn't good. Let's try another yeah, one. Yeah, they were, Clean they were just like, you know what? That other window looks really nice. Yeah. Um, five minutes being there, window smashed, laptop stolen, and then everybody at the gig, because we were playing this gig um, for a, this kind of company that throws underground shows called So Far Sounds. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Everybody that was waiting for us to play came out and they were like, oh, yeah, it's San Francisco. That happens. It's like, what? What? That just happens? And uh, after that, we noticed like everywhere you go in the city, there's just smash glass everywhere. Like it's just like it's like a recreational activity there. Man, man, I, I do have to like, you know, I, I remember going there probably like. I think it was about six years, seven years ago, and I booked a, a hotel in the Tenderloin District, 
and I had oh no, dude! I had no idea the reputation of the Tenderloin District, and <laughs> and like I'm walking out to this nice little conference, and I've got my nice clothes on, and like I'm stepping over these dudes doing heroin just in the middle of the street, like, hey, what's up? And I was just like, excuse me, coming through, just part. Hey, you gentlemen, how's it going? And like, it's uh, it can be rough in parts of San Francisco, pretty rough, yeah. man. And, yeah, and like rough that you don't normally see, like you don't see that on the East Coast. No. No, no. it's pelvic. I've never seen crack smoke so casually. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, and when he said that in that stand-up, I was like, exactly. I know exactly what he's talking about, a hundred percent. Like, it's crazy. It is crazy. That being said, though, I actually do kind of dig the city. It kind of reminds me of a West Coast version of Boston. Yes, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, it's uh, it it's got a lot of the same feel. Although I can't handle. And that also is very true. The Mark Twain comment of the coldest winter I've ever experienced was summer in San Francisco is true. Because like, yeah. I've been there in June and look up at a bank uh, thermometer and it's 48. And I'm like, what? this it's june yeah, it's bizarre, dude. like i can't i can't handle that part of the city but i do like the actual city um yeah now another unique thing about you guys is you guys actually have a big following outside of america especially uh central yeah. america and south america i mean yep. like when you look at spotify number one listening city mexico city that's the you know and you toured mexico 2016 you toured with sputnik uh mm -hmm. do you guys still keep in touch with sputnik oh absolutely yeah yeah love those guys very nice yeah they're, they're all they're all homies of ours we've we've made i mean we've been out in california for now four years and i would say we still have more friends in mexico than we do in <laughs> california <laughs> well like it, it's pretty cool but it's also got to be pretty weird to go to a country you've never been and don't speak the language and you've got all these fans already was that weird when you first went to mexico and like Definitely people are showing up to the gigs and we're like woohoo dead poet society and you're like whoa we've got fans here cool yeah it was it's it's kind of bizarre i think it all kind of like uh really came together was it was it last year it might have been last year or was it the year before i can't remember but we played we you know headlined in mexico city and it was just 250, 300 kids just all screaming our songs <laughs> along the entire time. We were just like, whoa, this yeah. is sick. Yeah, I think, I mean, all of us, I think, consider ourselves um, part Mexican at this point. We've been down there <laughs> nine times, and, and, uh, and I mean, it's just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Mexico City's pretty high altitude. Have you ever actually noticed any, like, effect of that when you're playing, like, like yes. you know yeah you have absolutely yeah no i mean it's just like if you walk up four or five steps you're out of breath all of a sudden <laughs> or you'll just be sitting at like a cafe and all of a sudden you're just like breathing really heavily and then just imagine getting on stage and singing for an hour and <laughs> jumping around yeah well like, i remember i remember red fang when they were on the show talking about being in mexico city and and just but they were talking more about like the venue they were at was really closed <coughs> off and just bad ventilation so i sort of wondered about the altitude definitely uh, a factor uh, Massive. last year you guys are on tour with bad flower and weathers and mm -hmm. I gotta say, Josh from Bad Flower pulled a super d move on you guys. 
He came out before you guys went on to play and told the audience in Pittsburgh to ignore <laughs> you on the first song yes. and then boo you on the second song. That sounds yep. like an absolute nightmare. Like, did those well, two songs feel... Did it feel like an eternity when, like, you were like, what the f is going on? What's wrong with this crowd? Like, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, honestly, it was the last show. And after the first song, it was like, it was just kind of like silent. There were a couple people clapping. I was like, you know what? We had a lot of really good shows. I don't need to end on a high point. There were plenty of them, whatever. And then this girl down in the front, halfway through our second song, starts like booing. And I'm like, I'm gonna kick this person in the teeth. Like, what is going on here? And uh, and um, she starts booing, and I'm just like trying to ignore it. Yeah. And uh, and we're finishing the song, and all of a sudden we hear this mixture of like cheering and booing, and I'm just looking down at my guitar playing. And next thing I know, Josh is standing right next to me. I'm like, oh, okay. And then and then we finished the song, and he was and he told us, you know, what was going on. And I was like, oh, thank God, thank God. <laughs> Man, I just like I I could see that like when I when I heard him doing that, like I could see so many things going wrong with that. Like you said, like you freaking out and like smashing your guitar on their head and like somebody coming out, <laughs> No, 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 it's a joke, sorry, don't do that. Like I was just like, man, that is it's risky, Josh. It it's risky. It's well, not... they're so experienced at it because they do it on they do pranks on the last show on every tour, so it's like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a like a beginner's prank. It was like a prank that like took a little bit of and and some like forethought to yeah. really to really get off the ground, you know? And tr a trust of your fan base too. Yeah. Trust, What'd you say? Trust of the fan base too, that like they'll go through with it. Like, oh, right, yeah, right. yeah. I feel yeah, like exactly. I might have been the person that just felt bad for you to like poke on one of your shoes, like, it's it's a prank. No, it's a prank. <laughs> Don't fall for it. Um, yeah, I mean, the show even started off bad, so that same woman that was booing took it upon herself to unplug my guitar at the beginning of the set. What? So, yeah. Man. Well, let's uh, let's talk tune creation. Uh, you, your three most recent songs, uh, Bury Me Whole, Swarm, and Into the Deep, I've noticed their titles uh, have some unique punctuation. They, they, they start with a period. They end with a period. There's no spacing between the words. Is that just an aesthetic choice, or is there is there a deeper meaning that I'm not cool enough to know? I think that um, I think that yes, it's an aesthetic choice. Uh, basically, when we write or we do anything with this band that is creative in any sort of way, we go with what feels right. Mm. We always trust our gut because at the end of the day, our job is to make someone and ourselves feel something. Mm -hmm. And when we wrote out the song, we were just you know messing around and we wrote out one of the songs like that one time and it just felt when we listened to the music and we watched it at the same time it it, it evoked the same emotion they complemented each other got it and so we decided you know what let's let's make the whole album like this nice nice now swarm prominently features sort of a, a calling card of dead poet society which is the the fretless guitar that jack yeah. uses and I think Swarm, the the title works perfectly for that song. You hear it, and it is Swarm in your head. That's what I get. Uh, yeah. And it seems like a lot of times your vocals and that fretless guitar sort of play off each other. You sort mm -hmm. of follow that weird intonation of the guitar. Is it 
is it hard to match that when you're performing? That seems like a very difficult thing to to make sound good in a live performance. I would say that the the way we get away with it, well, it's two things. You have to play it well enough that it sounds like the song and it sounds relatively in tune. But mm-hmm. the, the part that we get away with is the fact that it always is naturally slightly out of tune. And that is a complimentary part of the tone itself. Yeah. So when we're playing it live, it might not be exact to what's on the recording. It might not be, you know, 440 hertz, like right on the dot. But yeah. like, it's... It, it sounds right. It sounds chaotic. It sounds chaotic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The The instrument itself is chaotic and, sure. and it has these, these qualities to it that that um, you can really only get with a fretless guitar. And, yeah. and we, just, we play into those qualities rather than trying to hide them. It sounds wild. I mean, I love I love uh, I love slide guitar. And I mean, that's just basically slide guitar on like steroids pretty much yeah exactly exactly and it rips your fingers apart (laughs) Uh, um so this last month you released in too deep and Mm -hmm. i i I was watching a uh earlier in quarantine jack was actually talking about uh doing the guitar uh for the new album and he was talking about producing the new music now is he just like the initial producer and you send it off to a a outside guy or does he do all the production so i would say that so kind of from the beginning uh jack and i have kind of co-produced the music Mm -hmm. and um he's always he's always had the captain's chair and i'm always riding shotgun in the mixing and producing process and um and we've worked with uh, a producer before mm-hmm. and uh, his name's Alex Newport. He did like at the drive-in mm-hmm. and uh, city and color. And he's an awesome, just such an awesome guy. And he knocked it out of the park with American blood. Mm-hmm. And then we did, um, we did four more songs with him mm-hmm. and uh, we heard our own little kind of vision in this. And that was slightly different from his. So he did the initial production and recording and tones. And then we kind of took over from there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's it's really kind of always been this like collaborative effort where Jack is, you know, always riding captain's chair when it comes to producing. I'm always sitting with him and we all kind of pitch in these ideas. And I think that that has been a hindrance and a help for creating our sound, I would say. Yeah, because because, you know, honestly, I mean, sometimes we've spent a little too long on tracks just because you can't tear yourself away. Yeah. And you you have the ability to change anything at a moment's notice. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also allowed us to get unbelievably creative with the way we do vocals and the way we and the way we write riffs and the grooves and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it seems like with the background you guys have and as much knowledge as you have it would take a lot for you to be impressed by an outside guy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that, the, the, I, I think there's, there's, there's the positive and the negative, like you said, of getting that outside help. And sometimes, sometimes bands really get a, a benefit out of it, like a, a Bob Rock, uh, Bob Rock with Metallica. And then mm-hmm. sometimes, right. sometimes it just slows down the whole process. And I feel like, I feel like you guys, it, it, it doesn't work when somebody has that much knowledge about the production and engineering side of it. So I was just, mm-hmm. I was curious to what your guys' process was going into it. Uh, yeah, I think to add to that, I think to add to that, we, 
you know, it's like when you spend seven and a half years going down a rabbit hole, you get to the point where it's like, I, there's not really anybody that can understand your sound truly, unless they've been working with you for a while. Yeah. And, and, um, and I think something that makes it a little extra difficult is that we don't really stick to a particular sound with our music. Yeah. It, it's more so the writing style in which we put things together always sounds like Dead Poet Society, mm -hmm. but we have songs that range from Swarm, which is super heavy, mm -hmm. to American Blood, which is completely alt, yeah. you know, and it's, and, and, uh, it always sounds like us, but it sounds like a different sound yeah. every time, yeah. the same sound at the same time. It's, it, yeah, I don't really know how to explain it. Yeah, that's our biggest problem is we don't know how to describe to people what we want. Like, <laughs> yeah. We want it to be aggressively soft. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, talking about that, like, uh, going down that rabbit hole, I immediately think of Trent Reznor, you know, and he's in his, home, yeah. his own world. And that's, right. I mean, he really doesn't, he can't get anybody else to make his sound because he's been doing exactly. it for so long. So it's like, that's him. But he has a lot of songs, like you were saying, very different. Uh, but it all sounds Trent Reznor like, so I, I get the yeah. same thing for Dead Poets Society for sure. Uh, oh, that's a huge compliment. Well, you. yeah, you know, definitely. Or it's not if you hate Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Nine Inch Nails a lot. Uh, yeah. Fair. So the Into Deep, great response so far. What have you thought, uh, considering the COVID? You know situation what have you thought of the response so far i thought i think it's been i think it's been good i mean yeah. we have just an amazing team at spine farm um that they're you know coming we're they're they're putting so much effort into us which i love and um and i've we found over the years that it's really about building a team that mm -hmm. does nothing but support your vision and has no ulterior motives yeah and it's it takes a lot more effort than we ever expected to find those people. Yeah, but we're finally finding them, and um, and they're just doing a fantastic job. And and they've reached out to people that support us as well, like Ali Hagendorf at Spotify, who yeah, playlists, and Susie over at Apple, and they're just you know it's just people that are willing to put out their reputation to say i believe in you and and it's just it's absolutely awesome to have those people just kind of you know in your corner hagendorf is a good not. one to know for sure a hundred percent uh well so into deep is on the superficial level it looks like a little bit of a commentary on uh being too deep in the rock and roll life was that what you yeah. were writing about there well the song started when i went home to virginia to visit family and i was hanging out with one of my childhood friends and he had just bought his own house mm -hmm. and um we hung out and i talked about the band for a while and my friends were talking about what they were doing and i was just looking at this juxtaposition of my life me doing the same thing i've been doing since i was you know 15 years old yeah still doing this and and feeling you know we've made a lot of progress but feeling like really haven't and then looking at my friends who have savings and careers and houses now adult and things adult things and and it just really you know it just really kind of like hit me yeah at that time yeah. so i came home and and i just wrote out the the two verses and um and it it i think it's just that song really rings true for me in particular because i just kind of it wasn't any sort of poeticness it was just me listing 
my, you know, how I feel and the facts, you know, my facts and opinions about this life that I've chosen yeah. and we've chosen that is, that is very destructive, but addictive, yeah. you know? I, I I think a lot of people in entertainment can relate to those lyrics. I mean, or even just in general, because people compare lives to someone that's doing better than them all the time. But yeah. Well, you thank, thank you, social media. Sure. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's... exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think for creatives in particular, where it's just like, I mean, I'm sure you'll get this. Like, like nobody cares about what you do except for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're the one driving the ship. You're not taking steps unless you are taking those steps, mm -hmm. and uh, and it seems like nobody cares except for you. And you have this dream and this vision, and you just you want to make it happen, you know. Yeah. And and uh, it can feel very lonely at times. For sure, for sure. I, I definitely know the uh, uh, multiple guests of the show can relate to that. I would say, uh, but you can't mm -hmm. drop it. You can't let it go. You, you can't because you're so deep, you know. Yeah, well, and you just feel like, I mean, what would you do without it? If you if you exactly. left it, like, w what else is there? That's what you want. That's what you love. You got to keep doing it. You know. Yeah. So, totally makes sense. Well, you released into the deep, obvious into deep, obviously a single. Is there a full album coming soon? The answer is yes, and we've been and our fans are well aware of it. We've been hyping it up for two years now, and we're awesome. finally done with it. And it's it's all locking into place, and we're excited to get it going. It's coming out uh, early 2021. Is the is the main uh, perspective right now? Awesome, awesome. Well, so give us a rundown. What does the rest of 2020 look like for for Dead Poet Society? We have Coda, we're a song that we're re-releasing coming mm -hmm. out. Nice. We wanted to re-release this one because we felt like it really never uh, reached the light of day, mm -hmm. and uh, we remixed it again because <laughs> the original one we have out sounds like it was recorded out of a barrel in a garage somewhere <laughs> somewhere in Montana. So it sounds it sounds really bad. And so we've redone it so it sounds really good now. We have a new music video coming out with it. Nice. And uh, we're just excited to share it with a bunch of people who haven't heard it yet. And we're excited to share this new mix with all of our fans that love the song. And uh, then we might have one more single coming out and then the album. Awesome. Uh, hopefully Europe coming too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Hopefully Europe as well. So is Europe in 2021? Is that when? That's going to be 2021, yeah. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Well, guys. What's that? I said COVID permitting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't get pushed back. I know, obviously, things seem to keep getting just, whoop, well, for a few more months. Yep, yeah, a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit more. See you guys uh, spring 2025. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh, Jack, Will, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you guys for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you for having us, man. This yeah. was a lot of fun. For sure, That's listeners, cool. you can check out all things Dead Poet Society at wearedps.com, or you can follow them on Instagram at wearedps, or on Spotify, they are Dead Poet Society. Right now, let's take a listen to that uh, newest single before Coda comes out uh, in too deep right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Dead Poet Society. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those guys are coming out with some new stuff. Get ready for it. It's going to be good. Just, I, just, it was good talk, man. They were friendly. They were nice. 
You know? Man, the guys are going to love it listening to it, the guys and the gals. They even... Another good one, Doc. Yeah. They even, you know, before that interview, they even asked, mm-hmm. like, preference as far as they were like, so you want to do Zoom? You want to do Skype? Do you mm-hmm. want to do FaceTime? And I was like, what? Yeah. You're giving me all these options? Mm. It's wild. Normally, they're just like, you're lucky to talk to us, turd. Jeez. You know, not them. Other right. people. Other people are like that. These guys... And then... They called me up FaceTime, regular FaceTime, and I wasn't ready for it, you know? Like, all nope. of a sudden, it said FaceTime yep. video, and I was like, oh, Jesus, well, I'm ugly. I can't go on this thing, nope. you know? And then I had I had to show my face, and they knew that I was ugly after that, but it was okay. Then we went to FaceTime audio, and I felt better. Anyways. Right. Anyways, thanks to the fellas. Man, those burgers at Boston Burger Company. Oh, mm. Mm. No, mm. I was just looking over the menu once again, you can't man. Go, you can't go wrong. Can't go. And wrong. I will say, I missed when I was talking. I, when I was talking to Jack, I missed uh, the artery clogger. Girl, come I on. mean, that sounds like mm. something that I would get in high school just to get the fattest thing on the menu. That's a fact. You know, because sometimes yes. I had to do that. Sometimes I had to be like, "What's the most unhealthy thing that you have here? Let's try that." Let's let's get on. Yeah. I don't know why I wasn't a professional athlete, Dave. <laughs> it makes no sense, right? What? Just because I was <laughs> eating the meals, fattest yeah. things ever? Yeah. What? Come on. That's what athletes are fueled off of, right? Athletic performance? Come on. No it's weird. I was eating beer-battered burgers. Come on. What's wrong with that? Yeah! Anyways, they look delicious. Very delicious. The artery. You said to carbo-load. The artery clogger is de- the artery clogger is all macro loading, all macros, Man. fat, carbs, protein, everything. Delicious, delicious. And yes! man, that story they told about being on tour with Bad Flower, mm-hmm. I still like. Dude, that's awesome. I awesome. Oh my god, I'd be so I'd be so mad if I was them. I would be so mad, and I would just be thinking of ways to get back Josh from Bad Flower. I'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna get back." Oh, every every night before you go to bed, you'd spend some yeah, time. Oh yeah. Doing it. Oh, there would be there would be spite notes that I'd be like, "Here's there'd what be I a, can there'd do. be a notebook here's, for sure." Here's what I can do. <laughs> this is what I'm gonna. I get him back for sure, for sure. Anyways, thanks to the guys in Dead Poet Society. Fantastic. Yes! Get ready for their new album. It's coming out. It's gonna be awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Good stuff. But. Dave, you know what time it is. Yeah, it's shoe and tell, baby. Oh, 24, 24. Yes, indeed. Now, Toby. guys, I don't want to I don't want to let you down after the 23. I know what you're thinking. You're like, "Oh, god. It's going to be a it's going to be a lame one after 23." You don't own any Kobe's, do you? I don't this own. This isn't a Kobe. I will say I almost bought the Kobe 5s when they did the championship version, hmm. but they sold out too yeah. fast and right now they're selling on StockX yep. for like 700. So like double, yeah, so no, it's ridiculous. I, I'm not I'm not going to get those, but if they come down in price, I will get them. I will get that pair cuz they're sweet. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, uh Shoe and tell, 24, what do I have? I've got the Jordan 7s, mm-hmm. Ray mm-hmm. Allens. Yes. Oh, Jordan's, are these the black with the purple? Black with the purple, my friend. Oh, yes. They are very nice, very clean looking. The purple accents, two different types of purple on them. 
they've got the Ray Allen signature on the inside. They literally are the Ray. Oh, they do. Yeah, they got. Oh, nice. They got him on the inside uh, doing a jump shot. Like I'm guessing, sort of like his winning shot. Yeah, that's for, his logo. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, it's a it's a clean shoe. Right now, it's very cheap on StockX. By the way, it's again, it's one of my it's one of my favorites of the collection. But it's it's not an expensive one by far. Uh, they are selling for two eighty three. This exact shoe is selling for two eighty three right now. So I mean, pretty good. Just, just a yeah. That's a that's a old school uh, Bucks colorway, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, I just, I, I first of all, I love the sevens because it's just sort of like it's sort of like a simplified version of the sixes. You know, they took away right, the air right. sole. They added a couple of accents. I like on the back the split twenty three that it has has this little triangle, guys. It has this little triangle oh, of yeah, split colors it. yeah, on yeah. it. It's nice. And then the tongue with the split color with the Air Jordan logo and it's like it's like made mm. out of like a, a gummy plastic. It's really cool like the lettering is. Very cool. Yeah, I've always liked the uh the Jordan 7. They're like a cool shoe to wear but also look like a great basketball they, shoe. They are. I mean wise. as as far yeah. as like an actual They're like not super heavy. An actual you know? high top too. Like I don't usually like right. playing in high tops at all, but these are these are good. They've got the inner sock in there. That's one of the reasons that I really mm -hmm. like it. Uh and then they yes. uh it's 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 model actually after the Hirachi as I told as I told the folks. Oh, uh, yeah. right, right. Modeled after the Hirachi. And again, of course, this is another Tinker Hatfield classic. So true. But it's just, it's just a solid shoe, man. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it. I don't, I don't care what the people think out there. There's not enough purple in shoes, you know? I, right. Purple on shoes look really nice. Yeah. The like the Aqua Eights. I mean these sevens. I mean I can uh, I, the grapes. Yeah, I can say it. I, I I'm not a Lakers fan, as everybody knows. Mm -hmm. But I like some Laker colors. Mm -hmm. I like them. Oh, totally. Es oh, man. Especially the, on the, the black. The... It really pops. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Totally. Very nice. Very nice. Awesome shoe. I recommend it. If you get if you get a chance, guys, get out there and get some Ray Allen Sevens. Very nice. Very nice. There you go. There you go, Dave. 24 in the collection. Nice, Doc. Uh, Continuing to surprise me. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, 25? Should I give you another non-Jordan? I think I'm going to give you another oh, non-Jordan. Another, another biggie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's All go. Right. Let's go 25. This is going to be a non-Jordan. This is going to be a uh, right. outside the Jordan collection. Okay. I've got a very... I, I've, I've, I've got... Uh, a special pair for I, me. Yeah, I've got probably my favorite not-Jordan that's also not a Pippin. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm, okay. Okay. I like it. Okay. All right. Here we go. Moving on. Last birthday a suit. Now again, yep. we've we've fallen into your wheelhouse, so I'm confident here. We're on football. We're back in sports. Yeah. Let's we're, go. <laughs> we're in football here. This guy's not that well known. He's he's well known for uh, something not great. Oh. Um, Okay. So I gave him ninety eight percent though, because it's your wheelhouse, and I know you'll know who I it know is. This shoot. Okay, yeah. here we go. Our birthday suit wearer was born in Long Beach, California, November eleventh, mm -hmm. nineteen eighty six. Our birthday suit okay. wearer liked sports growing up, but his father 
was very strict when helping him train. Hmm. In fact, Mm -hmm. his father would combine athletic training with mental training. So he would take Mm -hmm. him to, like, the baseball uh, 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 practice... um, um, What am I looking for? Batting cages. There we go. Good Lord. Took me forever. Uh, Took him to the batting cages, and while he's batting, Mm -hmm. would ask him uh, questions, uh, like math questions. Or then he would have him dribble a basketball while answering questions about the periodic table. So he would mix... Mix science and math. Different parts of the mind. Yes, exactly. Which I actually like. I mean, that's good because, like, because if you're thinking of like, you know, actually on the using c- different parts of your brain at the same exactly time. on the central nervous system level, that would make me think that even like when you're in a game and you're getting distracted by all the people, you still have the motor skills to do the sport, regardless of how you know out of it you are because of your surroundings. So. Right. Yeah, pretty good idea. Science that. is there. I'd have to look into it. Anyways, by eighth grade, our birthday suit wearer decided he really liked football, and he transferred to Mission Viejo to play it. At the end of his college uh, high school career, he was considered the top quarterback in the country, and he announced he was going to the University of Southern California. Birthday Suwer was named the starting quarterback in 2007. In 2008, he led the USC Trojans to a 12-1 record and a win in the Rose Bowl. The, uh, after the win, our Birthday Suwer decided to go to the NFL even though Pete Carroll didn't agree with it because he was leaving one year early. Hmm. In 2009, uh, uh, the New York Jets uh, chose him fifth. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez is correct. Yes, he ended up playing. I was was almost Matt Leiner, but I was like, no, no, no. Yep. That's 2004. Too too early, too early, yeah. Yeah, he ended up playing nine seasons in the NFL, six different teams. And like I said, perhaps the most memorable thing, 2012, infamous butt fumble. Girl, butt fumble. Yes. 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 I don't know how many times I saw that on ESPN, and I was like... Thousands. I was like, guys, I don't I don't really care, honestly. Nope. Like, I mean, I know you guys yeah, love showing as, it, cool but it got old after like four seem. times. I don't care. Right. Like, and I mean, come on. Like, you got to give it up to Mark Sanchez for getting over and, and now being an announcer, now being on that that network yeah, another career doing well <laughs> like that's that's impressive man that he just took that butt fumbles like i don't care which i mean honestly you know like anybody that wants it doesn't get talked about anymore well really anybody that wants to make fun of him for it be like yeah i was in the nfl how how did you do what's how big's your bank account yeah what, what what team were you on oh you weren't okay cool like yeah i mean but still like Give it up to him. 34 for Mark Sanchez. Sweet. There you nice. go. Happy birthday, Mark. I'd like to see if he could still do some of that training. If I could throw a basketball at him and do it's some. It's in him. Do, it's in him, man. Do some multiplication tables while he's doing it. Impressive. Anyways, Dave, it's time to tell you about the great shows. We got some great shows. I've got. Tell me, Doc. I've got one show in the works here that could be big. It's another one that could be very big. So I'm going to hold off on that one. Hasn't solidified. Right. Manager says he's working out the times. Lookout. So we'll see if we can get it. But next week, very excited. We got a producer, uh, musician. I would say a little bit similar to Zade Wolf back in the day when mm-hmm. we had Zade on. Mm-hmm. Very similar to yeah. him. 
Uh, he he makes a lot of sort of electronic music, very cool music oh, in Nashville. Sweet. Originally from Chicago, Esterly. Esterly is his name. Very excited to have him on the show. Nice. He's going to be on next week. Now, next week, I think... I may be giving you the week off, Dave. I may be having oh. a new guest host on the show. We'll see. Say what? I don't know if he wants okay. to make his his debut, but you, debut. You know, every now All and right. then we got to work in the backup. When Dave gets called into action, sometimes we got to have somebody to jump you, in. You got to you got to you got to have the dust off of them so they're ready to go. Exactly. So we may have Demarcus in on the show next week. I'm very excited. My friend Demarcus Sweet. could be coming in on the show. We'll see. But for now, you should know Dave's here. Don't worry. Dave's here. Don't worry, here. guys. Don't freak I'm here out. For you guys. Don't freak out. I'm not leaving. Okay. But for now, oh, we, we are leaving. Yes. <laughs> Wait, yes. What? For now, we're leaving. Uh, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, he didn't actually. He didn't actually subdue an army of guard but llamas. I, but I could. He could. But I could. If he really wanted to, he knows the secret. It's carrots. Cares, Dave Burles, Berlin. Yes, sir. And until next week, guys, look out first of all for Guard Llama Phil. He's coming. Don't worry. I'm very excited about Guard Llama Phil. He'll be there. Yes. Second, until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah. <laughs>